Hey guys, welcome to the Stringer Podcast on the phone sessions, a shortened version of the show where I take my talking from the studio and instead do it on the phone because we're all trying to do our part to work from home and continue to physically distance. I'm going to try to get my good pal, I say good pal, she might say otherwise, Nitz on the line. Nitz is part of the Count the Dings crew that I'm completely fond of. We were first introduced by friend of the pod, Jerome Chang, and it took only minutes for me to really dig her approach on work, life, basketball, and epic, I mean epic shit talking she is the king of the castle and we we all just live here i want to chat with nitz because she recently teamed up with a friend and launched want not need fund which helps turn our coffee money into assistance for communities in need they're currently working with five incredible charities and have already surpassed their initial targets but i'm sure nitz can speak to all the details to find out more and how you can help visit wantnotneedfund.com Go ahead. You can do it now. I'm going to need a sec anyway to try to get Nets on the phone. We're battling a time difference, and I know she wanted to grab a coffee before jumping on the line. On the phone, I've got Nets. Nets, how's it going, pal? It's been like... I don't think, well, I think we only saw each other the one time, but it's been months since uh, San Fran. The whole world has changed. Oh my God, there's so much to unpack in everything you just said. First, you started by saying mitts, but then you corrected yourself to nits. I appreciate it. And then you said San Fran, which like, don't, has, have you ever said San Fran to somebody from the Bay Area? No, that's my problem. There you go. It's like, it's obviously <laughs> clearly a Toronto thing. Yeah, no, don't. Uh, it's the same way. You know how Americans say Toronto and you guys say Toronto? It's like that. So anyways, I'm doing great. It's so great to talk to you. Thank you for asking me to come on and talk today. <laughs> um, it has been a really long time since the same, like almost a year or no, six months. No, it's been six months, but it feels like it. Yeah, it feels because I was also, um, for those that don't know, count the dings, go follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and then you'll know and listen to our podcast. But we do live shows a few times a year, and San Francisco was our last one because the one coming up was in March in New York, and it was right around the time the things were getting crazy, and we were like, we, we have to cancel. So that might be the last one ever that you attended. It, it might be the last one. I thought uh, New York was going to be the last one. Yep, yep. But, uh, but alas. But who knows? It's like Jade predicted. He really did. He kept like dropping hints like this is going to be the last one ever, last one ever. And he had a feel and none of us really knew where it was coming from, to be honest. And then no. um, when this all happened, he was like, I had a feeling this was going to be this was going to be it. And you know what? Shouts to Jade because he he is like a lot more, you know, when coronavirus was happening, we all knew what was happening across the world. Anybody that like takes a second to be informed about it but i don't think back in january february that we had anticipated the um the global effects it would have on i mean literally everybody what i've appreciated about you throughout all of this is that you have been a very vocal voice and and 100 i want to go to the the charity yeah. and the site you just launched but first before we go there you've been an incredibly vocal voice over the last weeks since los angeles area has started its reopening to making sure people are going out with masks and and i've always believed in and i say this nicely negative reinforcement mm -hmm. but just shaming people into doing the right thing because it is often just laziness that keeps us in this situation from going out from wearing a mask yeah. and doing our part to contribute to our society and contribute to good health. 
Right. And it's not even, I mean, it's not it's most for most of us, especially being young. And if you don't have any sort of like underlying health issues, it really is about making sure that you're supporting everybody else's health. And I don't think I realized how difficult it was to convince people to care about other people when, you know, all you have to do is put a mask on your face. But, um, you know, you mentioned it, it's just I'm not a huge fan of shaming people into doing the right thing. But I've realized with everything happening there's just no other way around it. Like, you know, we tried to explain this is for other people's health. It's not for you. This is what it does to other people. Like, this is the actual, like, bodily harm that coronavirus does by wearing a mask. This is what you do. You know, there's fun graphics here and there of, like, you wouldn't pee without pants on if you were going to pee your pants. Just, like, the dumbest <laughs> graphics all to get it across and nothing's happening. Like, I'm talking to people that are just like, no, I don't think it matters. What do you mean you don't think it Okay, fine. Now, like, we've tried everything. We've tried to, like, civil, you know, um, inform you and make sure that you understand the effects of not wearing a mask. But if you won't do it, then, yeah, I'm going to call you selfish. I'm going to say you're being harmful. Like, you really are. You could be a carrier. You're walking around. And if anybody's listening to this and isn't wearing a mask and isn't wearing one properly over their nose, you're doing this. So don't do it. It's it's the easiest, simplest thing to just walk out of your house with a mask on your face. Is that a thing? Are there a lot of people not covering their nose with the mask? A lot. So in California, you're technically not allowed to go into any store without a mask. Um, and, you know, California has been one of the states that has done it, it beautifully from the beginning. Beautifully is a stretch because, you know, the capitalism wins throughout and California is now considering reopening. I'm not right. privy to their information. So if that's based on you know, a health official saying that it's safe to reopen around July. Sounds good. If it's not, you know, I wouldn't doubt it either. But, you know, California being all that it is, people are still, I'm walking around in the grocery store and people just, they'll walk in, they'll be allowed in and then they'll just take them off and wear them around their neck. And they'll, Jeez. like, there's literally stickers on the floor. So I don't know how it's like in Canada right now, but at least in California and in Los Angeles, there's huge, massive red, you can't miss them stickers with footprints on them, just in case you're too dumb to read, like, what's happening. And it says, please wait here, stay at least two carts away, keep six feet distance, like, help us keep everyone safe. Some, something like that. With footprints, like, the easiest thing to follow, people are just standing wherever the hell they want. People are standing right. up on you. You know, Starbucks has, um, my Starbucks around the corner has tape on the floor telling you where to stand. I see people all the time just like inching up and getting really close to the door and just, like with no masks out because you're technically in public. So California can't say like, well, you're on the street because you're not in an establishment. So it's just, I don't, I don't understand if it's laziness or people aren't getting the severity of it all somehow or people just, it's uncomfortable for you. I don't really care. Like nobody likes wearing these. Just wear them. Just do it. Right, it's not supposed to be fashionable. It's supposed yeah. to be life, per, like saving. Like, no offense to anybody's makeup or anybody's face. You're not handsome enough for uh, for you to not <laughs> wear a mask right now. Like some people, are like, well, I don't look cute in a mask. You don't look cute without one either. So I'm pretty sure right. you could just wear one. Um, Buckle up. Yeah. Anyways, that was rude, but you're right. The whole point is that people, people. It seems like shaming has helped the most in terms of getting people to take it seriously. And that just leads into what I wanted to bring up before. But the fact that you're not afraid to be in your community of voice. You, you for as long as I've followed you online and known you, you've always been comfortable in your space and with your opinion. 
to 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 be a voice and in the end it's for positive things whether you do it with a negative slant in shaming <laughs> or whether you do it with with more of a hug or an arm around the shoulder you have never shied away from saying uh what was needed and, and what's right and and I want to build a bit of a scenario for you as to where I was this morning um <laughs> I was you know how we all do this thing where we're like oh I've been good and so I'm going to reward myself yeah so I was online and I was shopping and I was like, you know what? I want some new kicks. I haven't bought sneaks in a while. I've been really good with my money. I haven't been spending. And so I go on and I buy two pairs of shoes. Hell yeah. And okay. I kid you not. I like ended my sale. I was like really happy with myself. I let the email receipts come in. I open my phone. I go to Instagram and I see the post <laughs> of the movement you have started, your beginning. Yeah. And immediately I feel guilty and I feel shame. But that right away, I was like, this is so amazing. And what you're doing is so right. I want to reach out to you and let you talk about it. But very simply, it, it, it's wantnotneedfun.com. And that's where it all starts. Yeah. So and on top of that, and I'm going to explain to your listeners in a second what this, you know, where this started, what this is, etc., the whole point just before we even get started is there shouldn't be shame in buying what you want. Like, you know, I, I wrote about it a little bit on the website, but wants make our life exciting and getting, you know, my boyfriend brought me new sneakers for my birthday. That was beyond exciting. I didn't say like, no, return them right away and donate the money. Like, oh, right. You know, there has to be some sort of balance of making sure that we're like enriching our lives. The But the premise of what not need is... Um, even though I appreciate that that was your first, like, you're a good person for the first thing being shame, but really not the point. We're not trying to shame people into recognizing these things because I don't think we recognize throughout our day the amount of things that we say that we need, but really they're more of a want and we don't have need for them. And I think especially now, you know, we're all home. We're all, we're, we're not going out. We're not going out to bars. Like the discrepancy, the discrepancy between want and need has never really been greater between people that genuinely can't afford rent food, um, medicine, all of the basic necessities. And we, you know, I have obviously been through my own financial strain because of coronavirus and I can't afford little things here and there, but none of them are needs. So that being said, I happened on a giving thread on Twitter uh, right around the time that I was going to buy a new coffee maker that again, did not need, I like I'm drinking coffee right now. Clearly the way that I'm making it is functioning just fine because I'm talking really fast. So the caffeine is still kicking in. So... <laughs> I saw that and I was like, okay, whatever. Instead of buying it, I'm going to donate the amount to somebody in the giving thread. I donated it to them and then a couple other people. And I received messages later that night. People had sent me pictures of the amount of groceries that they were able to buy, letting me know that it also afforded their dad's medicine for the month, which is just absolutely bonkers, right? Like it was maybe $50. So the $50 that I would have spent on a coffee maker that I don't need went to somebody's actual needs and supporting their like, you know, basic livelihood. So that spurred like my own little habit where I said, okay, I know that I do this all the time. Like I go out for coffee or I go to Starbucks for a sausage, egg and sandwich, which is so good at Starbucks, by the way, <laughs> not an ad. Um, but I do all these little things throughout the day that add up and all of those things are not needs for me. So I said, okay, when I'm having those moments, I'll recognize it. I'll donate the cost to an organization. And then I was talking to Shivani, who I tagged in all the posts. So please like go follow her as well. She's an incredible force of nature. It would be hard to really describe her properly. Um, she does amazing work all across different communities in the nation. And um, 
I talked to her about it. And she's like, this could be a thing. Let's do this. So we decided to turn it into a fund, which now exists as Want Not Need Fund. And really the premise is as simple as I explained. You recognize throughout your day that you want to buy something. You don't really need it, whether that be a $5 cup of coffee, $10 for tacos somebody donated yesterday, or $50 on Uber Eats because delivery fees are crazy high right now, or $20 for a new pair of sweatpants that you don't really need because nobody's going to see them on Zoom, by the way, and your old sweats are perfectly fine. So things like that and just donating it to the fund directly, and then that money gets donated to five different organizations that we've chosen that are doing really good work on the ground in these high-need communities, and weekly we'll be donating to them on a rotating basis. Um, Right now, we're reach we are trying what's the word I'm looking for we've chosen the organizations in the Bronx Chicago Los Angeles the East Bay and then the human migrant fund which does good work with uh, immigrants who are not receiving any government assistance in America because of course they're not shout out America um I hope everybody heard the sarcasm in my tone but yeah, I don't want to I don't want to ramble on too much, but that's really and again, the point isn't to shame anybody. It's not to burden people financially. It's to become the same way that pay it forward is a habit. We want this to become a habit. When you recognize it throughout your day, you know, like people are waiting in line and someone behind you and you feel good that day, you pay for their coffee. That's pay it forward. So now want not need as you're in the grocery store, you know you have tortilla chips at home. So instead of grabbing them off the shelf, you just pull out your phone, you donate that $5 to the fund. It really adds up. Like I can explain how much money we've just raised in the last, I don't know, 10 hours um, with very small donations, to be honest with you, which is incredible. That's the goal. So that's that. And we've also, because of that, we've made it really accessible to donate. It's on Venmo and Cash App, which I know if you're living in Canada, You can't do anything about that, but we are going to roll out PayPal in the coming weeks. So you will be able to contribute if this is something that you, if this is a habit that you feel like you want to get involved in and just make an impact in honestly, like the minimal amount of effort that you could give. And it makes the biggest amount of impact that it can make. A lot of us in us have that desire to give and we realize all of our discretionary Mm -hmm. spending, right? North America leads the world in discretionary spending of all those little extra dollars that we put towards coffee or tortilla chips or what have you. Right. But we often get lost in the sea of all the things we can give to. And that's why I find it so important for someone like you to step up and step forward and say, hey, we have this really great collective of – people in need across America, spanning all different types, all different regions, all different circumstances and age groups. Mm -hmm. And we can disperse this discretional spending to them where you can now help others who want to give channel that desire to others. Did you, did you realize in the onset that you were filling that need? Yeah, because I was talking to people and they really wanted to be able to help, but they just don't know how. And I'm the same. Like I, You know, originally when I reached out to Shivani, because she does such great work um, in activism and fundraising, I was like, I didn't know if my $50, like, should I be donating to individuals? Should I be donating to an organization? What organization should I be donating to? Blah, blah, blah. Right? Like, I'm speaking fast on purpose. Your brain just goes haywire trying to figure it out. And then you give up a little bit. You feel paralyzed by the decision. Yep. And then, you know, picking an organization and donating $5 for them is tough because you're like, where are these $5 really going? But if you're donating $5 all together and all of that is going to one organization weekly, 
then it, you know, I mean, your $5, please, if you don't want to donate to us, pick your favorite organization, donate it there. I couldn't care less. Like this isn't, the point is about getting the habit and the money out there. But, um, you know, we're pooling all of these funds where people don't know how to help. They can only help minimally, but because it's all together, they could see that their minimal effort. And I, the word minimal is such a stretch because doing anything is a lot. That minimal bit adds up astronomically. Like our goal for the first week was $1,000. We're trying to set realistic goals. This is just starting. Nobody really knows about this fund. We hit 1000 in the first four hours. And I think we're at like, Jeez. I don't know, 130% of that. So obviously we're going to double, triple our goal for the first week. And then hopefully, you know, this is meant to have longevity. It's not just this first week and hitting this goal. And that's great, cool, like we hit the goal. How can we make sure we keep this going so that every organization each week that we're hitting is getting some type of like real financial boost to the work that they're doing in their communities? How was the DMs that you received back of groceries? How was that a motivator for you? Um, well, I cried a lot, but it wasn't, I would say, <laughs> um, I'm a very sensitive person. And if you follow me on Twitter, you probably don't know that, but it's true. So um, it wasn't necessarily a motivator, but it was more of a reality check of the fact that I was just going to buy this coffee maker. And, you know, I'm, I'm not rich, I'm not loaded, but the coffee maker was like change to me. And, you know, when we're thinking about like, you have to give, we're looking at people with a lot of financial resources, right? Because people look at the, the, what was it? We believe or imagine it was the, we believe because I'm a Warriors fan. It was the imagine video that they did at the beginning. And everybody's like, what are you doing? Just donate. Cause it's true. They have a lot of expendable resources. And I think we look at ourselves and we don't, you know, like we, we do try to budget and make sure that we can afford rent food every month. But this was a realization that I do have that expendable budget. And especially now, if that tiny bit of expendable budget could go to filling somebody's groceries for the month, I just didn't realize the amount that that little thing could buy somebody else's like really, really just survival needs. Well, we don't think what $5 can do because $5 is a coffee at Starbucks. Right. Right. And, and, or, or a fancy drink at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And that very easily can pay for a dozen eggs and uh, a carton of milk. Yeah. And we don't always make that association, but that's how powerful what you're doing that that's the power it holds within it is that there is direct correlation to basic needs that everyone has in day-to-day -day life that we just, because we don't need to pick up eggs that day, it doesn't register with us. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think I, you just said it right now and I didn't make that connection either, right? Like I, I started this and I didn't, I never thought like, what could $5 really get me in the grocery store? But it can. And the beauty of going to organizations that are already doing work in their communities is we're not, you know, we're not fixing what's not broken. We're not restarting the wheel or whatever. I'm not American. So the idioms are tough for me. So whatever that was, I'm sure that you guys got it. Neither uh, <laughs> am I. We are both non-American. Okay. How about I'm not English native speaking, but are those, 
I don't know if Canadian and American idioms are the same, but that's besides the point. The whole thing is, you know, they're already, they know how to spread the money as far as humanly possible with the work that yeah. they are doing. And I think that's the point is $5 really can, like you said, even on that basic individual level stretches so far, like eggs and milk is food for a while. Like anybody that's lived on eggs before, because shout out, I have a uh, no. Me too. Hey, eggs are the best. Uh, anybody that's lived on eggs knows that. Eggs and white rice. Oh, no, I don't mess with white rice. Oatmeal, though. When I first moved to New York, I was so broke and my rent was so high because it's New York City and I lived in Manhattan. Don't ask why. It's a dumb reason. But the Knicks, the Knicks, of course, I lived there because of the Knicks because I just love being miserable. But I lived on oatmeal and cheese and black beans for the long. That's all I ate which is like looking back on it now kind of disgusting but also like really efficient but all of that was afforded on basically nothing completely i remember one time i had two dollars a day that's all i had for food and i realized how far two dollars a day could get me because you know it was a dollar and change would get me a a pack of pasta which means the next day i had like two dollars and forty cents and then i'm like oh wicked now i can pick up eggs and then we're looking at things that that are meals not just once you don't you don't consume it once you consume it over several days and it's the same with you and your oatmeal and your eggs Mm -hmm. that you realize how much efficiency exists in the world and 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 how much again the amount of a cup of coffee can go a long way to a family in need absolutely like you said it perfectly and you hit the point and um if you're looking to contribute again we wanted to make it super accessible because the point is not to it shouldn't feel like something that you work really hard to be able to contribute. It should be just a daily little habit that you realize throughout the day, like $2 even. I don't care. You realize you didn't buy that pasta bag. Donate the $2 to the Venmo or Cash App where want, not need fund literally everywhere. Apparently, not a single email, Twitter, IG, Venmo or Cash App had ever wanted to use that. So we got very lucky with the naming because we are just that on all channels last thing i want to ask you is how you went about selecting the five different organizations that you're working with just i was really touched and you and you said earlier you know you have new york you have bay area you have chicago and then also a group that that services underprivileged migrants in america who aren't receiving any assistance at all so how did you tackle that process uh, of landing on those five because again the menu is huge of everyone you could help right so that's always a difficult part was picking a charity. You feel like you want to help everybody. Or even when we're picking five, like there was a sixth one that I was just so drawn to. So hopefully this becomes successful and we could introduce more into the rotation. But the way that we chose is, again, I mentioned Shivani has already done great work. She works with a ton of organizations and a bunch of different communities. She knows which ones, A, could really benefit the most from the amount of money we're probably going to be giving them week over week. Uh, She knows which ones are doing the best work in terms of the four pillars of economic relief, shelter, food, and then I think health. I'm messing Mm -hmm. this up so badly, but it's the four pillars we're trying to just like make sure that we're hitting all of them. And then also we tried to pare it down to communities that we know are being hit really hard by COVID-19 as well as not technically affluent communities. So, you know, Boston, for example, was hit very hard, but they are affluent, so they have a lot more resources to be able to support their community, whereas somewhere like the Bronx and the south side of Chicago doesn't. 
So even, you know, I said Chicago, but really the focus is on the youth and the homeless community in South Side of Chicago. There's an organization called Street Youth Rise Up that's doing great work there. In the Bronx, it's the Bronx Community Relief Fund, uh, which was started immediately after coronavirus hit New York City. St. Vincent Meals on Wheels in Los Angeles, they provide food to the senior citizens around Los Angeles, regardless of age, illness, disability, race, religion, or ability to pay. Um, In East Bay, we're doing the Disabled Folks COVID-19 Support, and basically this is the Disability Justice Culture Club, is helping citizens around the community who are disabled. They're delivering medicine and resources to anyone that asks for help in the East Bay area, and really anyone that asks for help, they do great work. And then, I'm going to butcher this, so I'm so sorry, but Al Otro Lado, I said it with a Hebrew accent because then I mess it up a little bit less. Uh, And this is the Humanitarian Migrant Fund that provides emergency funds to migrant families impacted by migrant protection protocols and then asylum seekers, deportees, migrants who are currently stuck in refugee camps and, you know, they're in shelters in extremely insane conditions without any access to medical care and basic necessities in order to survive everything that's happening. So, again... We went by, like I said, like making sure that we're supporting economic relief, making sure that people have shelter, food, and then looking at the communities. And at the base of it, if you're listening to this and you're wondering you know, about picking charities, always ask somebody that's already been doing the work. Like I would have never tried to just go about this myself with a Google search. I asked Shivani because she knows how these organizations work. She knows that the money could really impact them and go really far. And if you listened you know, to the little details of what these organizations are providing, it's all, you know, medicine and food. And like we said, Mm -hmm. even like the tiniest donation that goes so far and it's directly in the communities, you know, they're not some black box organization. They're in the communities, they're providing it directly to the people there. And that's that. I hope that answered your question. Sorry, that was really long winded, but I want to make sure I, uh, I got to shout out all of the all of the different organizations. Nitz, your voice has always been one of my favorites in the online community, and I've enjoyed it uh, since even more since getting to know you. And one thing I wanted to shout out on the site, if anyone out there wants to nominate a an organization that they're close to or they've been working with, wantnotneedfund at gmail.com. And that way, as you said, as this continues to grow, then you have a growing roster of organizations that you can work with Absolutely. and support as well. And oh, I thought thank that was you so really much. Important. And again, that came from Shivani because she does the work. So when I was getting started, she was like, make sure you have a nomination page because people are going to want to get involved. And hopefully this this is successful. And, you know, we're currently focusing on the communities most in need for COVID-19. But in the future, we definitely want to be able to open this up in general. Like I'm hoping this keeps going way long beyond COVID-19. But that really depends on everybody listening right now and anybody that's feeling a little bit inspired to just get into the habit of you realize you want something, you don't need it. It won't be a financial burden on you to just donate it elsewhere. Give us the funds and we'll make sure that they're getting to the communities that need them most. Want not need fun on Venmo. Want not need fun on Cash App. Want not need fun.com. You guys really <laughs> did clean up, didn't you? Yeah, no, we literally got everything. I'm shocked. I couldn't even get my own. And you know, my name is weird. I couldn't even find my own name on all channels when I was starting like my own things a while ago. So funny that the most basic just English sentence we got it all. So shout out to that. <laughs> Nitz, I promised I was going to keep you to 30 minutes and we are just hitting that now. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, I really appreciate it. It's great to hear your voice. 
It's been six-ish months, and I look forward to a time when we can all meet in New York or San Francisco or Los Angeles. Or Toronto. Or Toronto. You got to come yeah, back up. I'm coming back to Toronto. That's not even a question. I came back last Please time. Do. I was so stressed with everything I had to do. I'm coming back to have fun this time. So thank you again for having me on. And if anybody has any questions, hit me on all channels. I promise I don't bite. And um, talk soon. We're sorry. You have reached a number that has been disconnected or is no longer in service. Please check the number and try your call again. <laughs> <laughs>